Hi, welcome to the Parenting Reframe Podcast. I am Elbiona Rakipi, your host. I'm a former teacher, a parent, currently a pediatric speech and language pathologist, and I'm a writer. I've worked with thousands of children and families throughout the last 20 years, and I have learned so much. On this podcast, we'll approach parenting from a curious place. We'll ask questions and get answers, explore new ideas, unpack the unconscious beliefs and expectations we hold on to about parenting, and reframe what it means to parent. We'll search for solutions to some of our biggest parenting challenges, set aside judgments, and find our way through this wild journey. My hope is that this podcast is a space where parents can feel seen, heard, and supported. Welcome aboard, and let's reframe together. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. So today I wanted to unpack a little bit of what I would describe as pain points that I see across the board when I work with parents. And I want to say specifically mothers, but it's not always the case. I was recently trying to come up with a way that I could really reach out and help and kind of really fine tune the services that I provide to really make sure that I am helping the parents that are coming to me with questions, with concerns, with challenges. So I was brainstorming one day and I thought I'm going to kind of take a month to ideate and think about the services that I work on. So a lot of it is the one-on-one coaching, which I love, and that's definitely something that will stay. But as I sit and work with each family, there are always common threads that start to present. And even in the 20 plus years that I've been working with parents, either as a teacher, as a speech and language pathologist, there are common things that exist. So I decided that I wanted to tackle this more broadly and really create a space where more parents could feel seen and heard and also provide some really tangible, concrete ways to work your way out of it. So with that, I created something called the Empowered Parenting Program. And my goal in doing this is that I want to sort of create the space with no more than about eight parents. And I did this in June and I felt like it went really well and I was really happy and pleased with the results. I got some feedback from the group in terms of what else they wanted or what they would like to see or what could change. And they actually just wanted more of it, which was such a compliment. I also took a little bit of you know, some other feedback that they had given me and really worked on ways to really nail down what it is that they had questions about and really make sure that I'm delivering information and at least guidance so that you are entering that parenting sphere in a little bit more of a confident way. So the reason I came up with this is because I was seeing over and over parents sort of engage in these common things. And here they are. Overthinking. I think overthinking is one of the most common things I see across the board in parenting. And for the record, I mean, I do this too. I don't know who doesn't. The problem is when we constantly engage in overthinking, we just stay stuck. And then you become complacent and then you get overwhelmed and then you operate and navigate your parenting dilemmas or challenges through this overwhelmed state all the time. In part, it's because it's so hard for you to just make a decision. And the reason being is because the job is so valuable, right? We don't want to get it wrong. Although I've talked on this podcast several times about how the fact that you just have to accept that you will get it wrong but that we want to make sure that we're doing everything we possibly can. And we want to make sure that we understand what research is saying and what is the doctor saying and what does my mom think and what does this person think. And what ends up happening is we just end up having analysis paralysis because we end up looking to all these different sources to try to find the answer because we're we're just steadfast on trying to do the best thing for our kids. So yes, very well intended. It's all coming from a very good place. But at the end of the day, it isn't helping. It's actually fatiguing. It's draining. And I think when I find myself in a state of overthinking something, I actually find it to be 
like beyond exhausting, it almost sort of keeps me in this mindset where it's like, I don't know what to do. And then you start to feel worse in your ability to navigate that situation. So I wanted to tackle this idea of overthinking. Overthinking almost inevitably leads to self-doubt because if you've sat and overthought something, once you do make a decision, all you're doing is going back and forth and wondering if you made the right decision. Once again, terribly exhausting. All of these things end up leading to complete overwhelm. And when we feel completely overwhelmed, what does that take us to? Right into guilt. So if we do anything for ourselves, if we try to pull away, if we try to get rest, if there's anything that we're doing, we always feel like we're either doing it wrong or if we're doing something for ourselves, both of those things lead to feelings of guilt. So I decided that I wanted to create a program. It's six weeks long. And like I said, it's going to be a small container because I really want it to feel like a safe space where you can ask questions and get answers. But I also wanted to tackle these ideas because, you know, if we kind of pull the lens back and look at what those things are saying, I've always believed that when a parent overreacts or when you even overreact in your life, even if it's an in exchange with somebody, if you're in an argument, if you overreact to something at a store, right? There's a lot of different situations where an overreaction can occur. In most of the t- most of the time, I always think it's because you don't know what else to do. So parenting for me, when I see a parent who is reactive, who is overreacting, certainly they're tired. Certainly there are other factors involved. It can't be that it's the only thing. But when you don't know what else to do, meaning you've thrown everything at it and it still keeps happening, you will overreact, you will yell, you will scream, you will give a threat that doesn't make sense. You will, you know, start to hand out consequences that are so disproportionate to what your child was doing. So that's what ends up happening. And then the aftermath of that is that you still feel terrible, right? Because you don't like when you have those big reactions. You don't like when you yell. It's generally not very helpful. In the short term, it probably gets your child to stop doing whatever it is you want them to stop doing. But in the long run, it's just not sustainable. You just can't parent that way. And it's really not healthy for your child to sort of understand that that's when they have to listen is when you really escalate and reach this big reactive state. So there's a lot of ways we want to think about addressing that. So really for me, I wanted to tackle this idea that what do you do when you have a specific dilemma in your home? What does your reaction look like? How do you stop the overthinking? How do you just make a decision? And the only way you can really do that is if you're equipped. You have to be equipped with strategies, you have to have ideas, you have to have tools in place. They also have to feel doable to you. Sometimes I'll work with a family and they're trying to implement something, but it's really not the way that family operates. Like it do, It's not consistent with who they are and how they proceed in their day. So if it doesn't feel comfortable or natural to you, it's going to feel really uncomfortable to try to implement it for your child. And then as a result, you're just going to end up giving up on it because it doesn't, it's not fitting. It's not working. So it's really about taking a small group, thinking about ways that we can navigate our own challenges. And guess what? More often than not, what one person is going through is often what many of us are going through. So we kind of look at and unpack each specific challenge and we give tools, strategies, tips, tricks, all the good stuff so that you know how to address it and you know how to tackle it so that you are not constantly with this feeling of, back against the wall, and then overreacting. Think of it this way. It's the parent who counts to three who has no idea what they're going to do when they get to three, right? It's all those little things we do when we're in a pinch, when we're scared, when we know that we have no idea how to stop this. We feel immediately overwhelmed. We feel that sense of like overheating in our bodies and we start to panic. We want to have ways of addressing that so that you're not reaching that escalated state. And I promise you, when you start to have things in your tool belt and you have ways of approaching a situation or a dilemma, 
and you can handle it seamlessly and it just starts to get better and better, your confidence as a parent goes through the roof because you are making connections with your child that weren't there before. Before you were either yelling or you were having these big reactions or you were overwhelmed or you were underreactive. I see that happen all the time, right? It's just so much that we don't even know where to begin that you almost just kind of will it to go away or you just sort of put all your eggs in the basket of like, they'll outgrow it or time will take care of it. And yes, to some extent, time certainly helps as kids mature and that brain development continues to proceed. But to just rest all your laurels and like, I hope in six months time, we're out of this phase. You can't really do that. You have to have, you'd be much better served just knowing what to do in those moments. And so would your child. So that's one intention in the group is that we really want to think about what are some ways, some tangible, practical ways that are age appropriate, developmentally appropriate, what is your child communicating with their behavior and what are some ways that we can get in there and really make those connections and put some things in place that are going to be you know, doable. I don't want to say easy because that's not accurate, but doable for you so that you can stay consistent and stay the course and really see some really nice positive results. I always kind of say this as somebody who has older kids and I look back at parenting now, especially younger children. The more you can kind of stay consistent, hold boundaries, set limits, and do it with love in a real loving space when children are younger, parenting should kind of get a little easier. It doesn't mean it's not without challenges. It doesn't mean it isn't exhausting. It doesn't mean each phase doesn't come up with something new. But in doing that, you will be able to lay a really nice foundation for you to build on and you have nice trust with your kids. They take you seriously. They know when you say something, you mean it. You teach things like integrity and pride and trust. Those are critical and those are really formed during those early childhood years. So you really want to be mindful of the fact that you are really laying the perfect foundation for them right now so that they can thrive and grow and that in doing so, you'll start to be able to pull back and give them that space to do a little more on their own, a little more on their own. And guess what that means? Less for you to do. So keep all of that in mind. And if that sounds like you, feel free to reach out to me and ask me any questions. I'm happy to have a quick chat with anyone who's thinking, maybe it's for me, maybe it's not for me. And I promise I'll point you in the right direction. Um, My goal is not to have people in there that wouldn't benefit from it. You know, I was speaking to one of my mentors recently, and she always asks me to go back to this question of, you know, what is the problem you're trying to help solve for the people you work with? And that's really important to me. It's really important to me that I can be of help, that you can come to me and leave a call feeling like you have a little bit more knowledge on something and that you know what to do the next time and that you can breathe a little sigh of relief. I mean, that really is the goal and the intent. So I am really fine-tuning the way I'm listening to families and paying really close attention to the way they're describing their state because I want to really figure out objectively how can I sort of pinpoint things that I'm seeing over and over? What are those consistent patterns that we keep seeing come up? And how can we find a way to just implement some changes? Even if it's leaning into some small changes at first, it can really make a huge difference. So really think about that again. If you're the overthinker, if you're constantly second guessing yourself, if you're never quite sure what to do, if you're finding yourself constantly overwhelmed, that's you want to come kind of come find your way to this group. I promise it'll be a real safe space for you to be able to express concerns, talk about things that are going on. It's casual, so we're not super serious in there. And we come up with really nice strategies and ways that again feel doable. You could easily say, like, gosh, I don't know if I could do that. And we start to unpack that. The other piece of it is I like for parents to try to understand what their parenting triggers are. I've said this before, parenting is 
the ultimate process of really learning so much about yourself and continuing to grow. I think a lot of times what we think is we become a parent, we have kids, so so much of what we do has to get poured into their development. But the truth is you're continuing to, to develop right alongside them. So you want that to be the case. You want to create that space for yourself so that you are giving yourself moment upon moment to reflect. So when you have triggers, meaning something that consistently gets you, you want to really sit back and think about where is that coming from, right? And for every parent, that's going to look different. It looks different for a father. It looks different for a mother. It looks different for each individual. So what I'm working on is really helping parents understand the parenting story they're telling themselves. And what this is, is I always say there's a subconscious belief sort of right under the surface that really impacts the way we parent. It really kind of determines the way we respond to things, the way we make decisions, the way we navigate parenting. And we don't even realize it's there, right? And what I mean by this is, I'll I'll use myself as an example, and I've used this in the past, and I was just talking about it on a recent podcast with a friend of mine. But, you know, when my kids started to get a little bit older and they were school-aged and we were giving them more responsibilities to do around the house, for me, I sort of subconsciously always believed because in my upbringing, it was very important that you had a very clean home, a very orderly home, and that really determined the value in terms of like what kind of a mom you are, what kind of a household, you know, leader you are, assuming that you can take good care of a home. So if I ever kind of came in or saw my home in disarray, or if there was anything that felt disorganized or messy, that was a big trigger for me. So I would often have these big responses, big reactions that really weren't fair. And I would kind of give big consequences, or I would raise my voice, or I would get annoyed very quickly when I would see it. I would go kind of from zero to 60 really quickly. And then I started to sit with that and go like, what is that? Why am I so stuck on that? And why is it it's the first thing I see when I walk in the door? And what's kind of under the surface there? And so for me, I had to unpack this idea of, oh, like, I think I've attached value and worth to this idea of like what my home looks like. Now, certainly you want your home to be organized. It's going to help you flow better in your day. It's going to good systems. I'm a fan of all of that. So I'm not telling you to just completely be, you know, disorderly and disorganized and who cares and throw your hands up. What I'm saying is, if you're having a response to something that's consistent, just take a look at that and see what is it that it's bringing up in you. It's not about being right or wrong, right? In theory, somebody could have said, no, you were right to tell your kids to put their socks away or to put their backpacks away or whatever the case was. It's not about that. It's about what is coming up for me that this is so bothersome that I have to make it an issue every single day, right? And as we know, the more we make something an issue, what happens? Our kids sense it. And then it becomes a bigger issue, right? It doesn't get solved. It just keeps happening and happening. And if not, if anything, it kind of gets worse. So I sat with it and I started to ask myself, and this is out of Byron Katie's work, but she always asks the question, is it true? And if you sit with it, is it true? Like, or if you think of even your own parents, do you sit and hold high regard for how clean they were? Or do you love the fact that they were there for you or how they held you in moments when you needed it or how they supported you or the way they spoke to you in a moment of need or the way they provided you a loving meal. Like, what are the things that you think of? I mean, it's certainly not that the bed was made. I mean, I don't think about that for my own mom and she kept a very orderly home and did a great job, but that I have a million and one things that would come before that. So I had to unpack that. And what started to happen was the less I cared and the less I allowed that to be a trigger, the more my kids just started to put their things away. 
So it was this like odd energetic shift that happened, but I had to really sit and reflect and unpack that in myself and look at what is the parenting story I'm telling myself, what is subconsciously there, because it shapes our expectations, it shapes what we're telling ourselves and how we should feel. In many cases, it results in mom guilt or dad guilt, right? So if you're a dad and you're working a lot of hours, or a mom and you're working a lot of hours, you might immediately tell yourself that, hey, I'm not doing enough, I'm not there enough, I'm not. And look, there might be a questionable situation where you need to reflect and think, am I in the right position? Am I doing the right thing? But it doesn't mean that you're bad, quote unquote. It doesn't mean that you can't show up in other ways. To carry that burden around of constantly feeling guilty or bad about every decision you make is exhausting. And don't think that your kids don't feel that or sense that. I mean, it's there and it's it's present. So you want to be aware of these things. So part of the other part of the group is that we really sit with this idea of what's coming up? What do I keep repeating? What am I saying over and over? What can I let go of? More often than not, there is something that you can let go of. There is too much on everyone's plate right now. What can we, you know, kind of forgive and forget? Like, what's something that's so small? Like, what are we hammering away at? Or what is it that you're saying to yourself underneath that story? Those are the things we try to pinpoint. And then I give you the tool of PAR, which is something that I've used. And I call it PAR because it stands for pause, acknowledge, respond, reflect. And what that means is we're basically just doing exactly that. The minute you start to feel triggered, I teach you how to pause. You've got to have a way to stop yourself. If you don't interrupt that behavior, if you don't get in the way of it, you're never going to figure out how to stop it. You're going to function on automatic all the time. So it might need to be something tangible or concrete. Maybe it's rubbing your hands together. Maybe it's taking two deep breaths. Maybe it's feeling the ground under your feet. Maybe it is putting your hands in your pocket. Maybe it's, you know, counting. I know Mel Robbins does the five-second rule, and I love that. You just count backwards from five. That's all it takes. It doesn't need to be anything long. Acknowledge. Acknowledge that you feel triggered. You're in a heightened state. You're about to yell. You're about to lose it. You're about to you know, get upset with somebody. And then respond. If you do those first two steps, I promise you it will change your response for the better. Maybe your response is, I'm going to walk away right now. Maybe your response is, I need a couple minutes. Or maybe you quickly respond like, this isn't worth dealing with right now. I'll tackle it later. And the last R in PAR stands for reflect. You have to reflect. It's where the good stuff is. It's where we solve everything. It's where we start to lean into like what's coming up. What can I change? What can I adjust? Reflecting is critical because it helps us stop the pattern of that dysfunction happening over and over and over. It's where the lessons are. So I teach you how to use that. I use a lot of examples from my own life when I'm in the group, and we'll use a lot of examples with each other. And it really helps. It helps us all kind of get to a place where we really begin to understand why and how we're making these decisions and what we need to do to navigate and move into a more clear space, a healthier space, so that you can just get back to enjoying what it means to be a parent. You know, I was talking about this recently with a friend and I said, you know, if I had to describe parenting now as a parent of a 19 and 16 year old, it really is just a series of transient phases. They're all short lived and they come and they go and each phase presents it presents you with a set of challenges and honestly, a set of really cool things too. So you got to stay present for all of it. Otherwise, you'll just miss the good stuff. So that's a little, you know, FYI on what you can expect if you decide to join the Empowered Parenting Program. It begins on September 14th. We'll hold calls on Wednesday evening for an hour. 
And that's through Zoom, so it's all virtual. I have people from out of state. In fact, I have one from out of the country who's in it, and it's a lot of fun. So that is Eastern Standard Time, um, 6.30 to 7.30 in the evenings. Grab a cocktail, grab a coffee. I usually have a tea. And um, yeah, we get to just chat and talk and learn. I've structured it this time so that each week we'll kind of target a theme. So we'll look at things like sleep, bedtime routines, morning routines, gaining cooperation, learning how to stop the endless arguing and negotiating, sibling battles, right? That's a big one. How do we help our kids navigate sibling battles and how do we help ourselves stay calm? So those are some of the bigger takeaways that we're going to look at. I'm looking for parents of kids under 10. I am considering doing a group for teens or teen parents, I should say. So stay tuned for that sometime in the winter. I plan on offering the group four times a year, maybe um, if it needs to be more than that, possibly. But for right now, I think that's, that's where it'll go. So don't wait, otherwise you'll get pushed until the next round, and I don't know always when that it will be. So let me know if you have any questions. I'm excited to chat. I love doing what I do. I think it's, you know, one of my favorite things is to really connect with people, and my hope is always that they just feel seen in that process and in a way that helps them just go about their day in a better way. So um, that's my hope. So anyways, you know where to find me. I'm over at Instagram and you can email me at albiona at the Parenting Reframe. If you have questions, um, I'm happy to answer and just head on over to the site and there's probably more info in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and until next time. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening right now. And what really makes my day is if you share or recommend the podcast to a friend, it is the greatest compliment. If you have not already, head on over to theparentingreframe.com where you can subscribe to get my weekly newsletter, Parenting Skimmed. 10 sentences delivered to your inbox every Thursday to help you parent and live a better life. It's for the parent who constantly told me, I just don't have time to read. Make sure to come and say hi to me on Instagram at theparentingreframe. My DMs are always open and I love hearing from you. Until next time, this is Albiona. Albiona.